You're working all day, every day, even nights and weekends. You're neglecting yourself and your most important relationships. You feel as though you're trapped at the bottom of a sandpit. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to make it all work. Perhaps you think you need a better work-life balance, but what is that really? And is it truly what you need? Hang tight, because today we're tossing you a lifeline. Let's discuss the reality of work-life balance. Hey you, you're listening to the Messy Desk Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to achieve more without the overwhelm and drama. Because although business and life get messy, that doesn't mean things have to be hard. Join us as we help you cope with the chaos and banish your barriers so that you can move forward in your entrepreneurial journey. I'm Megan Monahan, And I'm Teresa Safali. Let's get on with it. Work-life balance. The majority of people strive for this, whether you have a nine to five or you're an entrepreneur. But did you know that it's a relatively new phrase? I didn't know that. In the early days of man, work was life. You were either a hunter or a gatherer. And if you didn't work, guess what? You had a really, really short lifespan. Fast forward several thousand years later, and life and work look really different. In the 50s, 60s, 70s, you never really heard anybody complaining about having enough balance in their life. You really still had those hunter and gatherer roles with men as the breadwinner and women as the homemaker. And I won't get into who did the lion's share of the work there. I get what you're saying. (laughs) You know, we don't reflect much on how things used to be when mankind had to work to exist. Think about what it was like before a grocery store, you know? (laughs) Consider what toilet paper woes look like in prehistoric times. Probably similar to now. No, So when we start thinking about work-life balance, the phrase work-life balance didn't actually make an appearance until the 80s when over half of married women joined the workforce. That's actually a lot. And who do you think said that phrase? Women. Women who were now acting as both hunter and gatherer were pondering work-life balance. But by the 90s, guess what? Men were heard to banter this term about as well. And here we are now. Almost everyone is longing for the elusive work-life balance, especially entrepreneurs. What exactly is work-life balance anyway? According to Wikipedia, work-life balance is the lack of opposition between work and other life roles. It's the state of equilibrium in which demands of personal life, professional life, and family life are equal. Kind of sounds like utopia, doesn't it, Megan? It really does sound like utopia. For me, the whole concept of balance feels very zen, kind of like balance is the ultimate goal that we all strive to achieve, but we never attain. Exactly. While having everything in perfect harmony sounds dreamy, I propose that work-life balance is actually a myth. There will always be an imbalance when it comes to work and life, and that's a good thing. You may ask, why? Well, All the magic in life and in business comes in the extremes. Think of a seesaw. It's ups and downs with occasional evenness in the middle. Now imagine 
life on one side and business on the other. If life and business were in perfect balance, each side of that seesaw would be equally distant from the ground. It's a great place to rest and refocus, but guess what happens when you stay there? What? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's actually the continual ups and downs when the seesaw is out of balance that the momentum is created and you experience the thrills that go along with the experience. However, there would be really great consequences for staying in either of those extremes for extended periods of time. For example, if you stayed up in the air for too long on that seesaw, you'd have to work a lot harder to keep your balance and eventually you could even fall off. Let's take this to a real life example. Let's say you plan to launch a digital course. Lots goes into that process. You've got research, content creation, tech, automations, ads, and much more. And let's say you plan to have a card open period of one week. During that week, you may be doing multiple webinars, Facebook Lives, appearing on other people's live streams, fielding questions and dealing with tech issues. You'll need to put in a lot more hours than you normally do. And you may even be working evenings and over the weekend. This would be an example of an extreme. Here, you're business focused. And during this extreme time, you put in the extra effort and effort it takes. And that's okay because it has a really clear purpose. But there are still consequences because you can't do everything. We try, but we can't. You might have to say no to a date night with your significant other, eat some meals in front of your computer, not binge watch the next five episodes of that Netflix series you've been watching, or maybe you won't make it to the gym for a few days. Are you getting the picture? I'm getting the picture. In fact, I think I live that picture. (laughs) There's just, there's no balance here. And it's okay because in this instant, you're working towards something specific and your hard work will yield a result. And we need these extremes to grow both personally and professionally. We are out of balance when we're in these extreme times. And you have to accept that the scales will be tipped one way or the other. There's nothing wrong with that. As entrepreneurs though, we run the risk of staying in our professional extremes for far too long. And I think that's what you're talking about, Megan. Everything's about work all the time. That's it, that sounds like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Working at an intense pace all of the time could lead to burnout, damage close relationships, increase your stress, and even hurt your own health. So how should you think about work-life balance then? We have some thoughts on this subject to share with you today. Why don't you get started, Megan? I'm happy to start. But I just want to say, since you're the business coach, work-life balance is way more your wheelhouse than mine, Teresa. I'm a pro at struggling with work-life balance, though. I've got that <laughs> under, like, that wraps. I, like, I got that one covered. <laughs> I definitely tend to work too much. That is who I am, and it's something I've struggled with uh, for a really long time. And I think that overworking is probably a problem for most business owners in general. You know, it's tough to stop thinking about work. I think about work all the time, even when I'm not working. So how do you limit the hours you focus on work? 
We talked about this already a little bit in episode five, but setting boundaries is my best method to attempt balance between work and everything else in my life. The only way I've been able to stop overworking and shut off my work-obsessed brain is by creating rules that I force myself to follow. These boundaries make me follow a certain structure in my business and in my head. Otherwise, I'm liable to sacrifice way too much time on business stuff. And that's, you know, that is wrong. That's a shame. I I can't be spending my whole life on business stuff. Now, I still struggle some with this, but I will say the boundaries have been a huge help with getting the work-life balance more under control. Well, first, I think it's awesome that you have taken the time to recognize that and then actually took action by putting some of those boundaries in place. Overworking is a serious consequence of not having boundaries at all. And when you say overworking, it reminds me of earlier in my journey when all I could think about also was work. Every goal I had set for myself was work-related. I ate, drank, and slept work. Okay, I wasn't eating and sleeping, but If you ask me what I like to do for fun, can you guess what I would have said? Oh, yeah. I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Yep. I'd say work. Um, I was definitely work-focused. Did I I say I was focused on work? I just wanted to make sure that was clear. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. Not only was I physically and mentally exhausted, my most important relationships were adversely affected. And- we could do an entire episode just on um, negative health implications of that. I grappled with the ever out of reach work-life balance. I knew I couldn't continue the way I had been. And it occurred to me that maybe I should start setting some personal goals, goals that reflected all the domains of my life, not just work, but self-care and family and faith community, just to name a few. Now, I have my business goals. I usually have two big ones for the year, and those help me keep focused and moving forward in the direction I want to go for work. And it helps me because I find that I work less and I make more progress because my attention goes from being all over the place and chasing shiny objects to priorities that actually move me where I want to go. And because of that, it naturally creates more time and space. And then I have my personal goals. I work on my personal goals with the same intention as I do my business goals. They're always in my field of vision and I work on them every day. Business goals improve business. Personal goals improve life. Together, they get me closer to balance when I'm not working on a big project, which would be one of those extreme times that we were talking about. So when you think about goal setting, make sure that you're including personal goals for yourself along with your business goals. It's funny that you're mentioning goal setting because that is actually on my to-do list this month. I (laughs) I know that it's critical to success in so many ways, but you totally know that I avoid goal setting. I I know you do. We're going to work on that. (laughs) I don't like it at all. (laughs) I know I have to do it. So this is really interesting. This episode was coming up. So I asked my husband if he thought I had improved the balance between my work and my life. Because honestly, he's the one who feels the brunt when I'm overworking. 
In the past, I've been really horrible about spending way too much time at my computer and really missing out on life. I feel that. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he told me that he feels like in general, I've improved, but at times I'm still not as present as I could be. That was actually the word he used, present. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So he attributed the lack of presence in the moment as part of the stress and burden of entrepreneurship. I mean, he already like had this worked out in his brain as this, this was just part of entrepreneurship and he was giving me a pass, which is nice, but I kind of feel guilty about that too. I hear that. So my conversation with him made me really think about how work-life balance isn't just about time on the calendar. It's not just about prioritizing and scheduling better. You can time block all you want, but if your concentration and focus are on work, even when you're away from work, then you're never really living in the moment. I know that I can have a tough time detaching. My brain has a mind of its own and it wants the items off my to-do list and it wants my projects done. So I struggle with turning my brain off when I've got a lot going on. But I think we kind of all owe it to our loved ones to be present in the moment. They deserve our full attention. Yeah? Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. It's important to realize that your lack of work-life balance affects those around you. It's not just about you. It's also about your friends and family. So I encourage you to ask your friends and family if they think you could improve in this area. You may learn something really valuable that you you don't even know they're thinking. I love that point. It's so important to ask. I think that when you can't be aware of things for yourself, asking those that are within close proximity to you, especially the people that matter most, is a really great way to get some insight. Just make sure you're ready to hear that, right? Yeah, I was just thinking that. I think that maybe we don't ask because we're worried about the response. Maybe we don't really want to know the response. Right, right. Because it just, it goes back to mindset, right? Because everything we do revolves around our mindset. And to be different, you have to think differently, you know? So true. All entrepreneurs experience imbalance between work and life at different points in the journey. Chasing that ideal can be an endless pursuit. And as I said earlier, work-life balance is a myth anyway. I think it comes down to being aware of how you feel. You're the only one who can tell when you're feeling or really anxious because you're out of balance. What if next time you paid attention to your feelings instead of pushing them away? Goes back to what you were just saying, right? We don't look at things because we don't necessarily want to know the answer. Exactly. So don't ignore, explore. I love that. I'm just going to say it again. Don't I ignore. Love that too. I think we need that on a shirt. I think that'd be great on a shirt. Don't ignore, explore. What is causing that feeling and what can you do to alleviate it? When I am in a busy work season, I do my best to just go with that flow and I pay attention to how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way. I think that's the key piece. We always recognize how we're feeling, but then we don't dig deeper than that. And then once I've recognized why I'm feeling a certain way, then I can make adjustments and make decisions and changes in my actions and in my behavior based on that self-assessment. And I'd love to be more specific, but here's the thing. What I feel is balanced for me might not be for you. There's no one right way or solution. So if we go back to that earlier example of doing a product launch, 
during that extreme time, you're likely to be very out of balance. And that can cause extra stress and it can also cause lots of anxiety. So first, you should allow yourself to feel that. You have to acknowledge your feelings and don't push them away, right? Don't ignore, explore. Identify why you feel that way and then you can figure out how to deal with it from there. So here are some examples of how you might deal with what you discover. Decide you can handle the added stress because you know that reward and relief are around the corner. You can realize that you were over ambitious on your timeline. So moving back your launch might be a solution to help alleviate some of that stress. And finally, just by acknowledging that the tech was more complicated than you realized, you know, that can be an aha moment that makes you feel a little bit better. But then you can say, who can I ask for help with that? Worrying about what you don't have control over is exhausting. But if you have the power to change something, take action on it. One small action can get you started moving in the right direction. And I think that is what can help us feel more balanced, just having a little bit more control over the things we can control. That actually makes me think of something that my mom told me once. She said that you can't escape anxiety and stress. You can't walk around it. You've got to walk through it. And I didn't quite understand it at the time because I just was so engrossed in my own anxiety and stress. <laughs> I didn't know how to deal with it. But then later in life, I really came to understand that she was trying to say, embrace it, own it. And like you said, allow yourself to feel it. Surprisingly, this attitude does make you feel more in control rather than letting the negative stuff control you. So I find it really um, empowering, especially with the mental imagery of walking through the stuff that feels like a barrier to you. All right. I think I'd like to leave you with this final thought today. When it comes to work-life balance, the trap is that you're focused on what you don't have. When you're super busy with work, you wish you weren't so busy. Then when you're slow, you wish you were busier. And it ends up being this never-ending cycle. And the way to change that, I think anyway, is to be happy now. You don't have to wait. Megan? Yes, I completely agree. Be happy now and live in the moment. Before we end today, I have a few reminders you do not want to miss. So listen up. You can view the full show notes on our website at MessyDeskPodcast.com. You can also use our website to leave us a comment and suggest a topic you'd like us to cover. Now, here's the really exciting part. If we read your comment on our podcast, we'll send you a $20 Amazon gift card. I mean, that's pretty cool and a good reason to leave us a thoughtful, engaging comment, don't you think? I do. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week on the Messy Desk Podcast. Cue the music. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Messy Desk Podcast and leave us a review. We're interested in what you're interested in. So email us at MessyDeskPodcast at gmail.com with your topic suggestions and questions. And most importantly, stay messy because that's where the growth, progress, and magic happen. So all entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Gosh, I have a frog in my throat.
Ribbit. <laughs> I like that. That's how we should do the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> sound like Darth Vader? <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> all the time. Megan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>